feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Let's go, go! Very special moment. Hopefully people back in Perth and support St Johnston can celebrate it and give them a bit of cheer. Gutted for the club, gutted for the players, gutted for people around the club and the fans. There's been several occasions this year when you're at 1-0 and you can see you know, a late goal or a goal second half. The pleasing aspect was you know the way we started the game, players' attitude was terrific You know, and the way we stood strong to defend the end. It's a fantastic position to be in, but we've got to go and grab it now. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and John Hartson. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 700. Let's go, 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 go. Yeah, we've got two serious Scottish football legends together in the studio tonight. In the blue corner, as he normally is, to be honest, Rangers legend Barry Ferguson. And Barry, for the first time, at close proximity, well, not that close because they are socially distanced. In the green corner is Big Bad John Hartson. John, how are you? I'm all right, Rob. Nice to be back on. Now, you two were always very passionate in combat, uh, very physical players. Barry, is there any unfinished business with a big man? <laughs> um, listen, I think I can... He's just had, obviously, a, a knee operation, so I can boot him and he'll not catch me. <laughs> um, but no, listen, he was a... Um, he was a top player That's the only way you're going to say that no, for believe, a minute. believe me he was a top player he was one that when he was on the team sheet the guy stood up and, and took notice um, and he'll tell you listen there was a lot of respect between us um, but when you crossed that white line the 90 or so minutes the, the game went on it was a war um, but after it finished you respected how good a, a player so great to see him and, and great to be in the studio with him John was he the king of moaning? No, not really. It, oh, come uh, on, say yes. No, no, <laughs> listen, I never heard it anyway if he was. But uh, no, we, we used to have some really good games, you know, remembering back and, you know, we'd nick the odd game and they'd, they'd nick the odd game in the semi-final and they'd, they'd, they'd pip the final. I remember vividly the 3-2 final, uh, the loving Kranz and Barry's free kick. And, you know, at the time it was it was, um, it was was Neil Lennon, actually, the Celtic manager who was, who was just, a Celtic manager who was just um, resigned there. Neil and Barry were always going at it. And generally, whoever won that battle, that midfield battle, you know, the, the team would certainly benefit for that on the day. So we've got John Hartson, we have Barry Ferguson, and uh, we've your calls as well over the next couple of hours. You know the way to get in touch, 0808 17 17 700. Text go on your message to 87474 on the socials at Show. You can talk to these two about just about anything. Uh, what we got, well, Celtic won at the weekend in John Kennedy's uh, first match as caretaker manager. Is he holding the fort for the rest of the season or will Celtic make a permanent appointment to supervise the rebuilding of the squad? And will Rangers be confirmed as champions before Celtic play their next game? When you think about it, uh, Rangers didn't have a game at the weekend, but they do have two uh, Wednesday and Saturday before Celtic play on Sunday. Um, if they win both, Barry, it's 21 points of a difference with only 21 on the table 
for Celtic, who have an inferior goal difference as well to Rangers of 22. So could it happen this weekend? Yes, it's a possibility. Um, I think if you look at the two games that Rangers have got, Livingston away on Wednesday night, it's always a tough place to go, but Livingston obviously playing in the cup final yesterday. I think Rangers will have enough to, to get the three points and then obviously sit Murnet at home and Celtic have got a, a tricky trip up to Tannadice um, of late. They're, they've picked up a bit under Mickey Mellon. Um, so it's a real possibility this see, uh, this um, weekend um, the league title could uh, be going back to Rangers. We're going to have another Celtic legend with us on the show in the second hour, John, as well, because Paul Lambert uh, will be joining us um, after parting company with English League One Ipswich Town, where he's been manager uh, for the last uh, two and a half years. I'm not sure how much he's going to be able to say about it, but it sounded like uh, the old irreconcilable, if I can say it, differences with the, the chairman in terms of where Ipswich were going to go, because I think they've won their last two games. They beat Doncaster Rovers at the weekend. Yeah, um, uh, you know Paul's. He's also managed Norwich, as he, in East Anglia there, and he's, a, he's had quite a lot of jobs now. Lambo, so he's picked up you know vast experience, and no one likes to see you know ex teammates you know out of a job now losing their job. But um, I, I understand now he's he's resigned today, or he's been relieved of his duty today. Um, you know people will be linking the two. You know, Paul Lambert, mm. possibility, ex-captain, you know, a really top player, Lambo. I can say that um, when I played with him for, the, for that four years. Um, so, you know, naturally people will be putting two and two together and coming up with five or six. Yeah, I think, uh, I think he said that he doesn't fancy the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl again, but we will speak to him about that when he, yeah. when he comes on and, and see what he says. Because as you say, um, you know, he, he's one of those names in the frame. He, he's a name that a lot of Celtic fans would actually quite like to see in the hot seat, I think. Well, possibly. I, I think there are other names in the frame. You know, you, you look at Steve Clark has been mentioned, but of course he's, uh, he's doing the national job. There's been uh, Roberto Martinez. He's he's at the world's number one FIFA ranked uh, country at the minute. You know Belgium. Mm. Um, people like Eddie Howe, Mark Hughes. You know out of a job at the minute. Eddie Howe actively looking for a job. So there's there's plenty of names out there. But certainly, I think I think Paul Lambert would would be mentioned, of course. And he's your old pal, of course, in the Scotland midfield engine room. Back in the day, Barry. Yep, I've got to echo what, what John says there. He was a top player, Lambo. There's no doubt about it. And he's got the experience. He's, um, he's managed some decent clubs. Um, but I understand that he's, he doesn't fancy coming back to the, the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl, should we say it. Um, yeah. But listen, I'm sure if Celtic did show a note of interest, I'm sure Paul Lambert would, would be um, willing to talk to them. We're also looking back on the League Cup final, of course, which was yesterday. Not a classic. If you watched it, you probably felt as if you'd uh, maybe lost part of your your life. But uh, it was it was such a special day for St Johnston, wasn't it? The first time they've ever won the League Cup. Um, and now, when you look back over the last decade, uh, they're the second most successful team in Scotland over the last ten years because they've won two trophies. Yep, I watched that. I was actually looking forward to the game, um, but I was disappointed um, in, in the quality. Um, maybe that's nerves um, from some of the players. Um, I thought Livingston, which I had said previous on the show, they're a team that I enjoy watching. David Martindale will be disappointed with their performances, um, certainly for some of the players. Um, I thought St Johnson edged it. They showed that bit more quality. Um, they got the, the, the vital goal and in the second half, Rob, I'll be honest with you, they, they dominated the vast majority of it and 
they deserved it in the end. Um, and what an achievement! What an achievement uh, from Callum Davison, first year in the in the job, and he brings Silverware back. Um, so great to see it. an ex teammate of mine as well in the yeah. international scene. Great to see guys like that get an opportunity in the Premier League, and he's he's certainly he had a, a tough start to the season. They were struggling to get some results, but he certainly picked up and. He's got that vital League Cup in the, in the cabinet for St. Johnson now. It's amazing how things can turn around and uh, this was his reaction afterwards. People of Perth are, are right behind us. You know, I think the bridge was lit up the other day in um, blue and white. You know, uh, posters and things around the, around the town. So I think the players realise it. They, they'll still enjoy it. We're still going to Hamden. And it's still a big thing. It's one of those, it's why you become a manager, why you become a player, why you become a coach, is to, to try and win major tournaments, major trophies, be successful in the league. And, you know, I think that for me, this one, you know, it's a big one as well. Uh, St. John's haven't won it before, so, you know, for me, it's, it's huge. It's interesting, uh, John, um, looking at what uh, football could become for Callum Davidson as a manager. He's been a number two before, of course. He he was there with Tommy Wright. Uh, interestingly, I think in his first full season, Tommy Wright won the Scottish Cup with St. Johnston and his, his first full season, Callum Davidson's won the League Cup. But you look at him as maybe one of those rising stars of, of Scottish management. Jim Goodwin is another one that, that screams to mind at the moment uh, that his best, best days will be ahead of him. Callum Davidson, could could he be a, a top manager? Well, quite possibly. You know, all Callum can do is, you know, he's picked up an enormous amount of experience being Tommy Wright's assistant. Um, he would have picked up, as I said, you know, a great pointers, which that was the reason why St. Johnson appointed him when, when, when Tommy Wright left the club. So um, he's got great experience behind him. Uh, he's learning the game all the time. And all he can do is look for a, for a high place finish in the league and obviously a good run in the cup, and obviously now he's he's, he's won, he, you know he's he's won the the Betfred Cup, which is fantastic for him and his players. It's a shame they couldn't celebrate, but I think that his celebrations do in a few months' time when they when we're allowed to. But uh, no, he, he certainly speaks very well. He's very calm, um, and I thought it was quite refreshing as well, Barry, that it was a cup final with no Celtic and Rangers in it. It just goes to show that you know I know Saint Mirren knocked out um, knocked out Rangers, is that right? Yeah. And then Ross County knocked out Celtic, That's which right. were both both surprise results. But it was quite nice to see St John's and Livingston there mm. at Hamden. Um, and I was a bit disappointed as well at the way Livingston played. I thought might, the occasion might just have got to them a little bit. I agree with Barry. I thought St Johnson got a little foothold in the game. And then when Sean Rooney scored, I, I I thought I didn't think Livingston did it quite enough in the second half. I think I think when um, uh, Josh Mullen sort of just played it inside to Scott Robinson, and that was a decent chance they had. But other than that, I, th- I thought uh, St Johnson thoroughly um, did more in the game to, to go and lift the trophy. It's going to be interesting um, what the Livingston response is because uh, some will look at this four games without a win after 14 without a defeat and and wonder if the Livingston bubble has burst because this would a few weeks ago for Rangers have seemed like a really uh, dangerous game for them on on Wednesday at Ammonvale um, and it might still be but you 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 look at the situation Barry what what do you think has happened to Livingston? I still think it will be a, a dangerous game for Rangers. There's no doubt. Look, you just need to look back in the 14 games they were on. Um, the last four, they've lost three and, and drew one. Um, but they're still for me. They're still good, good players, Livingston, and I'm sure. 
David Martindale we'll have him in today they need to dust herself down quickly and refocus because um, I've got a real opportunity of making sure they cement their place in that, that top six I don't think it'll affect them too much um, they've got good experienced players in, um, in and around the dressing room and the manager's very enthusiastic so I, I would sure I, I'm sure and I'm positive it'll be a bubbly place the next couple of days but I, I still think it's a dangerous game going to Livingston on the AstroTurf they're really used to it Rangers have struggled in the past there um, but the way that Rangers are going just now I think they'll be too strong and it could be another significant step towards clinching the title for Rangers Livingston uh, against Rangers Wednesday night and the other game is St Johnston at Hamilton um, so St Johnston looking to pick up league points but a uh, much more crucial game you would think for Hamilton in terms of their survival in the league looking back on the weekend and some of the big games played on firstly on Saturday uh, Celtic won Aberdeen nil. it was John Kennedy's first match as caretaker manager well in the game you know it was really good moments when we played through the Aberdeen you know got a wee bit of luck with the goal but you know I thought first half we had enough um, good play to, to merit that and then just you know especially second half we lost a wee bit you know Aberdeen got on top of us we kind of made some bad decisions put ourselves under a bit more pressure than we had to and then stopped kind of passing the ball and controlling the game with the ball you know when the game becomes open the way it does second half doesn't suit us um, and we allowed that to happen Difficult situation for John Kennedy as well um you know, some might say opportunity knocking for him, but he will feel that he's just keeping that seat warm, won't he, John, for, for the next permanent appointment? Yeah, but all, all John can do, you know, he knows the club inside out, he knows the players, you know, what he's worked under the, the previous four managers there now. So he'd, he'd have took a little bit from all them four different managers. Um, and all he can do is go and win games. And, and, and hopefully, I don't think the performance was was quite what John wanted I thought he wanted them to control the ball more he said he just lost possession a lot in the second half made it an open game which sadly don't particularly like playing at home when it's open they want to control the ball they want to win most of the possession create chances but all he can do is to put himself you know in in in, in the sort of picture for the next manager is is win games um and and then obviously he he, he comes within the running uh, I don't think personally that um, that John will get the job even if he wins eight games out of eight. Um, I think Celtic are looking more for uh, you know the names that we've spoken about pre- uh, earlier. But all John can do, being a professional, uh, knowing the players extremely well, um, is just go and try and win games. And and by doing that, uh, you know he, he he puts himself in a position where he can go. Do you know what? When I had the opportunity, when I was manager, I did very well. And all he can do then is hold his head up high and, and be the professional that he is. It was a tough week for Celtic, no doubt about that, with all that was going on. And he thought, John Kennedy, that that played its part. Certainly things for us to you know, brush up on and be tidied on. Um, but as much as you're coming into this game hoping for a, you know, a really big performance and a big result and everything else, you know, it's been a very stressful week for everyone, very emotional week for everyone. And I thought second half you could see the kind of the energy draining a little bit, and that, that's an accumulation of the week we've had. But one thing I'll say about them is, again, like we did last week against Aberdeen, you know, they put the bodies in the line in the box. They really put the bodies in the line to block things, stop goals, um, and that's that's credit to them as well. Do you take that on board, Barry, as a, a, an explanation for how Celtic lost their way in the second half against Aberdeen? You, you watched a fair bit of it, didn't you, in here? Yeah, watched it. I thought the first 30 minutes, they dominated the game. They, they played at a pace. They moved the ball quickly. 
Um, Aberdeen came in slightly towards the end of the first half, but it was the second half. I just felt as the game went on, there was real panic setting, which I think has been the, the, the problem all season uh, for Celtic. Certainly when they get free kicks or corner kicks against them, there just seems to be a panic. Um, I don't know what that's down to. That's obviously, or there's for me, there's nobody taking um, responsibility and nobody's organising. Um, and it's been the, the kind of theme all season. Um, what that, must, that must be something that John Kennedy, as an ex-defender, must be working on big time on the on the training ground to try and sort out. Well, John will tell you, you can go and work on the training ground for three and four hours. When they cross that white line, they have got a players have got to take responsibility. And I don't think the Celtic players have been taking that responsibility this season. Um, you can do all the work you want, Rob, every single day in the training ground. Um, it's when that, that whistle goes and the game starts... You expect your players to take responsibility. Someday go and lead, take leadership inside that box. And I don't think they've done that. It's been Celtic's Achilles heel yeah. all season. Going forward, I'll be honest with you, I don't think there's too much problems. Um, but defensively, um, the goals that they've conceded, and you were at the game as yeah. well. Yeah. In the second half, Aberdeen had three or four opportunities. Yeah, a better team would have punished Celtic, I think. One hundred percent. So I think you listen to John Kennedy's interview. Um, he's just happy to get out of that game and finish it at one 0 Yeah, I mean there wasn't one moment, there wasn't one set piece uh, for Aberdeen in that game in which Celtic John looked comfortable defensively. Well, that's been the problem, wasn't it? Defending set pieces, you know, and, and John himself is a. Is a, is a centre half, and you, you do wonder do, how much do they work on dead ball situations, particular defensively, because it's been woeful. You know the defending in terms of last last couple of weekends ago against Ross County. You know everybody scratching their head, hands in the who's mark, and they don't they don't even look as if you know I can remember the team that I played in. We we had head we had players that wanted to go and head the ball. If you think you can head the ball, the, our managers used to say. We used to mark zonally. We didn't used to go man for man. If the ball is in your area, you've got to take responsibility. You know, it doesn't matter how much really, you know, yeah, you can work on set pieces, but as individuals, you've got to take responsibility for for your job, for for your zone, if you like. And obviously the Saturday players are not. They're switching off, you know, and there's there's enough, there's a decent enough height in there. You look at Julien, Mm -hmm. you look at Aya, you look at Duffy, you know, they're monsters, these mm. guys. They're all six foot three plus. So there's no excuses. It's just taking, not concentrating, not going with your man, not 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 sort of sticking in your zone, not standing up when you need to, when you're one nil up or nil nil, last kick of the game. A couple of weeks ago, they, they were 2 1 up against Hibs at Celtic Park. In you know, game was done. And all of a sudden, they concede last minute through a set piece. You know, and and also as well, I don't think we can we can go away from the situation at the minute. You know, the Celtic players, it's done, all right? The league is done. Whether Rangers win the next two games and they win it before Celtic play next Sunday or whether it takes another three or four games, the league is done. So the Celtic players at the minute, they're feeling it. They're feeling it all in terms of um, how poor it's been, how, 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 how drastic the points difference is, 18 points. It's actually embarrassing. It's that, and the Celtic fans are deflated, they're disillusioned with everything that's going on, and the players are the same. The players probably want to see the end of the season because it's done. Yeah, you know the season's gone. Rangers have won the league. It's a case of getting somebody in there now. 
and the, the the owners and they've got to get somebody at the helm somebody that will bring obviously bring his team with him that's what I'm thinking that will happen there'll be a load of influx of players going new players how much budget as the does the new does the new managers and and I have for his staff and new players and this is what it's all yeah. about now I just think you've got to draw a line under this season nothing else to play for really and Rangers will win the league whether it's by next weekend or whenever it is and the players are feeling that yeah. so maybe that's something to do with sure. the, the, the performances as well Talk to John Hartson Talk to Barry Ferguson 0808 17 17 700 The Bull Radio Football Show yeah, it's certainly a big one tonight with uh, Barry Ferguson and John Hartson, uh, Rangers and Celtic legends, the pair of them, alongside Rob McLean on Monday's edition of the show. Looking back on the weekend, the Premiership games, the League Cup final won by St Johnston uh, yesterday. Looking ahead to the midweek games to come, Rangers could take another big step towards clinching the title at Livingston on Wednesday night. And as uh, John was saying just before the break, it's all fizzling out horribly for Celtic at the moment. Uh, yes, they won at the weekend in John Kennedy's first match as caretaker manager, but uh, not a really a game from which they took uh, massive satisfaction. Although afterwards, the caretaker boss was trying to pick out some positives. You know, we'll, we'll take the positives out of it, we'll try and build this better. And I think you can see in the players, I mean, many times this year that. You know, we've been in that situation with one nil, and we can see the goal. You know, and the three points get away from you. So when it is one nil, and you come under a bit of pressure, you can just see a bit of stress in there in terms of that feeling again. Um, but we just slowly, slowly got to work away at that and take confidence that you know if we keep playing and it is one nil, we'll get a second. You know, we'll be solid at the back, we'll get a second. And then after you get second goal, it always changes the dynamic of the game. You know, if you're two nil up in the last ten minutes, everything's much calmer. Last time John Hartson was on the show, in fact, first time John Hartson was in the studio on the show was last Tuesday. And of course, it was uh, just hours, I suppose, before Neil Lennon took the decision the following day, John, to resign uh, from the manager's position. Do you, in a sense, feel relief for him that that's it and he's out of the firing line and, uh, and we move on? I do, in a way, and I think it was the correct decision both for Neil himself um, and and I think the club. I think uh, both parties. Um, it no, it's it's not been the season that you know the owners, uh, the the fans, or Neil wanted. It was one um, problem after another problem, and hence when you're in Glasgow, when you're manager of one of the the big two clubs, you can't be 18 points behind your biggest rivals. Um, so for me, uh, it was a decision that was taken. And um, you know, I, I think Neil he will he will dust himself down. There's no doubt. I believe he will manage again. Um, you know, for what he's got, all, all the trophies and and the experience that he's taken from it. He's a football man. It's in his blood. I think we'll see him back somewhere sometime. And I I I, I was happy in the end because I thought it was a lot of stress for him personally. You know, there there was a lot of. Um, outcry from the support I think the support wanted change it was getting ugly towards the end in terms of social media and everything else what people were saying it was um, so in the end I, I was relieved that, that the decision had been taken and now Celtic have to move on they have to try and come back next season uh, with, with a bit of freshness 
with some several new players. There'll be lots and lots of changes. There's a big decision. You know, the hierarchy have to get it right because Rangers will certainly take a load of momentum uh, and a load of confidence on the back of what they've done, how easily they've gone and stopped the 10 in a row. Um, forget what's happened in the past because it's all about the now. You know, you look at people like Sir Alex Ferguson, he wasn't happy just winning league after... He wanted to go and win the next one. He could look back when he's retired and tell you all what he's done. But while you're in the midst of it, it's all about the now. It's all about getting results the now. Yes, Celtic have a wonderful 10 years to look back on, but this season has, has been one disaster after another one. So I believe the correct decision was made, both for Neil to recharge his batteries and, and to have a little bit of a rest, and obviously the club to to look for to look for a new team to go in there. It's going to be a tough time for him, though. Uh, he will have to adjust to a life without Celtic. He's done it before, but you would imagine that's it now for Neil Lennon and Celtic after a glorious on and off twenty years involved with the club. John Hartson, Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean on the Monday edition of the Go Radio Football Show, and Cami as well. Hi, Cami. Hi. Good evening, guys. How are you? Hi. Good, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. What would you like to say, Cammy? I just wanted to get the lads' thoughts on um, the rumours surrounding Jürgen Klopp and um, obviously Steven Gerrard being the man to replace him at Liverpool. Barry? I can't see it happening just now, if I'm being honest with you. Um, in terms of Steven Gerrard, I, I think he knows um, he needs to start winning trophies. He's very close now, Rob, but I think he's two or three years away from getting we all know what job he wants in the end it's his, his club he, he grew up it, it means so much to him so I think he's two or three years away from getting that sort of job but he knows himself as a manager you need to win trophies and be successful this is the first year that it looks that he's going to be successful the first couple of years um, was hard for him in terms of trophyless um, but in time I do believe he will be a top manager and in time, I do believe he will be a Liverpool manager, but I can't see it for the next two or three years, Rob, if I'm being honest with you. In terms of Jurgen Klopp, it's crazy people calling for his head. I know he's had a difficult season, he's been missing some top players, um, but I can't believe that people are calling for Klopp to be sacked. What are you thinking, Cammy? I can't, I can't see it happening, but it, I think the rumours... Gerard's always going to go to Liverpool, as Barry said, but I think Steven Gerrard would want to test Rangers with Champions League football confirmed for next season. He'd want to see how we can do. And once we win the league title this season, I think he'd want to go on again and win it again and win Scottish Cups and League Cups. I think he. I think he's also probably burning for the chance to try to get Rangers into the Champions League, having done as well as they're currently doing, John, in the in the Europa. Uh, they're up against Slavia Prague next, with every chance you would imagine of of getting to the quarterfinals of that competition. Uh, so, th- so the big European test for Rangers next would be Champions League, and and you would imagine um, he he's looking forward to that. He wants to be there. Well, the Rangers fans w- w- would hope so. Um... And, and I think the one issue you've got is is that if Liverpool come calling and Stephen's love for Liverpool, it might not happen again. If Liverpool go in for mm. another manager, then sometimes, you know, if another manager comes in and successful and does well, uh, and that's not me trying to play the, the clever sort of card, trying to get Stephen Gerrard to go to uh, Liverpool because of the success. I know Stephen and, I, you know, he's, he's had an exceptional season um, as manager. 
I agree with Barry. I think in in so many ways, Stephen will want to go and win another title. You know, people say it's, it's you know it's not just about winning one title. You've got to go and repeat it. That's that's when you you earn your coin, if you like. And um, he'll also want back in as well. You talked about the Champions League there. He'll want the the Rangers um, board, the money men, you know, the people who run the football club to back him. He'll know himself. He's probably two or three more players away from from being really successful, having proper European runs every season, being above Celtic every season, like the run that Celtic have previously been on. Um, so for me, um, again, I, I can't see it happening. He's obviously going to be linked because he's, he's won the league at Rangers in his third season. And Jurgen Klopp's come under a bit of pressure. And who's natural to link to link the job with? The Liverpool fans will welcome Steven Gerrard with open arms. And that's the only danger for me. I'm not sure what Steven, what Steven would be thinking, Cammy. But what I'm thinking is, if Liverpool come and he turns it down, and then Liverpool go mm. and get you know, an, a, somebody, one of the best in the world, and then they are successful... You know, what do you think then? Well, you know, I, I should have done it when I, when I had the opportunity. Will, will Rangers be concerned, you know, about this sort of talk? Would 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 you like Barry to see him dealt in with a with a an, a, a longer contract? Well, his, a, a, his contracts to twenty twenty four already, right? Yep. So, and I think if you ask Stephen Gerrard himself, he knows that he needs to get a number of trophies under his belt. It's hard to win a title. But as John just mentioned there, it's even harder mm. to make sure you win it again. Yeah. Um, so, And then he's got the lure of the Champions League next year. I think he's going to be around for another couple of years. There's no doubt in my mind. He, he knows he's still in his apprenticeship as a manager. Um, he's got good experience um, and his team behind him. There wouldn't be an opt-out clause in that contract, would there? You never know. But I, I just don't see Klopp leaving Liverpool just now. But I get where John's coming from. If he does leave then there's the opportunity to come round again a manager might go in there and be so successful for four, five, six years and then he might miss out but look I, I think he's going to be around up here for another couple of years as you said he's he's virtually won the title he'll be getting into the Champions League he's, look how well he's done in Europe over the last two and a half seasons um, so no I firmly believe he'll be here for two or three years yet Does that sound good to you Cammy? Uh, from Barry there yeah. that that, that uh, Stephen Gerrard's going to be going nowhere uh, for the next two or three years as, as he looks to continue this successful phase both domestically and, and maybe in Europe as well I mean that's what you want he's been here for about three years now he's obviously not won anything yet but he's definitely progressed the team we're on the verge of winning a title now and the quarterfinals of the Europa League so I think I think he wants to stay at Rangers um, as John and Barry said to win more trophies but when, as John said about if Liverpool do come calling he might want to go because he might not ever get that opportunity again Look, People have mentioned other clubs in the Premier League but I mean, I've played down there and so has John there's no many bigger than Rangers or Celtic no. there ain't many bigger I don't see him going to MDLs if a, another Premier League does uh, sorry a Premier League club come calling if one of their jobs um, comes up I don't see him doing that I think he's firmly get, he knows in the future he would love to go and manage Liverpool I think it's still early yeah. in his managerial career I still I honestly believe that he needs to go and win three or four trophies um, but it's a great grounding up here because he's under so much pressure the demands put on you up here as a Rangers or Celtic 
player and manager are massive um, so he's really close to clinching the, the first title in nine years and I'm sure he'll want to go on next year and take him into the Champions League hopefully get into the group stage and and retain the league title Barry talks a lot John about, about the size of Rangers and Celtic what's your take what's bigger what's bigger in England than, than Celtic and Rangers Massive clubs in England, let's get it right. You have Manchester United, probably the biggest club in the world. Um, but you've got the top six then, and you? I think Celtic and Rangers come, in, come into that sort of category. You've got Man City, you've got Arsenal, you've got Liverpool, you've got Spurs. Um, so certainly Celtic and Rangers come into that bracket. Um, they, they, would be in, you know, they would be up there with that top six. Manchester United, Real Madrid, Barcelona, we know they are the three... Mm. You know, Rangers and Celtic are global clubs, but they are on a different stratosphere, you know, in terms of everything else. But I know myself, I've often said it, you know, I can't go anywhere in the world on holiday with my family without bumping into a Celtic or Rangers fan. It could be anywhere in the world. They are everywhere. Mm. Supporters clubs, you know, there's three supporters clubs, Rangers and Celtic supporters clubs in Swansea. Almost every town, every village have a Rangers or a Celtic supporters club. You know, the, the fan base is just off the map. Um, so two massive, massive clubs, uh, as I said, and, uh, you know, I nearly signed for one, but I signed for the other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you remember, Barry, of, uh, of that day when uh, John was ne- very nearly a Rangers player? Well, he's, uh, it was well known that he was coming up um, to do his medical and... and hopefully signing and uh, I've got to be honest with you the guys in the, the dress room we were delighted because you know, don't get us wrong here he was a top player so you want to see top players sign for your, your club and obviously the, the medical side of it went wrong and um, a few days later he's, he signed across the road which uh, was devastating because as I said you, you want the, the best players coming to your team um, and obviously the the medical situation that hap- happened at Rangers he went on to play Virtually every every single game for for Celtic, so it was one of the ones where we were thinking what went wrong there, because um, we signed Ronald De Boer at the same time. I think it was the same day. Same day. Yeah. You, you were just a couple of minutes away from holding the yeah, scarf well, up with Ronald we De Boer. Were, we were social <laughs> distancing. We were about yeah. two meters away. And Ronald had a an e problem as well. Yeah. Um, and Ronald obviously passed his. Um, so I think it was the Dutch connection there. Possibly. That, that yeah. Allowed that. So look, we were we were disappointed. Um, that we missed out on him and obviously went across to, to Celtic and became a great player for Celtic that's what I can remember and um, obviously other things that happened on the on the pitch as I said uh-huh. tell me more no, just when you come up against him you, you actually realise how good a player he was yeah. and you're disappointed that we didn't get him in the the blue side, he went to the green side, so... Um, the dark, the, did you say the dark side or the green no, side the, there? the green side, but I these things happen. Like, people like Barry, obviously, born, bred into it. And I, I, didn't have a, I didn't have allegiance towards any club. I knew how big the oh. game was. I'd watched the game, of course, growing up in Wales, playing for 10 years, you know, in London for 10 years, Arsenal, West Ham, Wimbledon, Luton, you know, these clubs. But um, I didn't have a side, so... I didn't have allegiance, if you know what I mean. Growing up down there, yeah, you would have signed for Rangers or Celtic. It didn't mean it didn't mean no. it didn't mean as much maybe as what Barry. Your Barry would have never have signed for Celtic. I would have imagined because of your background, your mm. upbringing, everything else. Mm. But for me, I, you know, I I was an open card. I, I would have signed, of course, I would have. But as I said, I played no part in the medical. 
And then, fortunate for me, Martin then took me on. I had five of the best years of my career, over over 100 goals. 110, I think it was, John. Uh, numerous goals, you know, in, in, the, in the derby games as yeah. well. Um, and it, it, it turned out to be the best the best place I played in my career. Whether or not I would have had that success, I don't know. Um, but I certainly, you know, would have uh, would have put pen to paper because I had no allegiances. Yeah. So I fa- I found it in a way I found it like a, having a second opportunity to come and to come and sort of um, cherish the opportunity that Martin O'Leary had given me. And there was none of this prove Rangers wrong. A lot of fans used to say to me, oh, big man, when you score, run over to the crowd and rub your knee and all this sort of... That was never me. I never mm. did that. Do you mm. know what I mean? I, I just wanted to go and play and, 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 and possibly show Rangers what they missed out on. But it, it wasn't fixated in my mind. That wasn't the reason why you know I did so well against Rangers. It all changed on the basis of that medical at Ibrox that day. And uh, John had a glorious career with Celtic. Cammy, thanks for your call. Thanks, guys. See you later. Wishing you all the best. Uh, It was a good call. It was a good question, and it triggered a really good discussion. Get involved in the football chat on the Go Radio Football Show. You know the number, 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. On a Monday, 5 till 7. We're back tomorrow night as well. Jackie McNamara is on the show tomorrow night with Stephen Cragen and myself. Paul Cooney back Wednesday with Barry and John again. Take two. Uh, of Ferguson and Hartson uh, together in the studio Thursday means uh, Craig Moore and Packy Bonner here uh, with myself and Friday. Uh, Cy Ferry will be back in the building with Barry and Paul as well. So top quality uh, football chat 5 till 7 and of course uh, at the weekend as well. I think Saturday this weekend between 2 and 6 and uh, by then Rangers might reckon they've got the title all wrapped up if they can win on Wednesday at uh, Livingston uh, and they win at the weekend as well. Celtic are at Tannadice on Sunday to play Dundee United um, and it could be 21 points of a difference John Hartson by then yeah. with only 21 points on the table. Well, Rangers will want to try and get it wrapped up, obviously as quick as they can uh, before the split. If you like, that would be another, another very good achievement from them. Um, I actually said it about five or six weeks ago. I can see Rangers winning the league by the split. I think Celtic, you know, Celtic were on a decent run. I think they'd won four or five in a row. But um, you know, you got to give credit to, to Rangers. You know, Steve Gerrard's team. They're unbeaten. They're doing fantastically well in Europe. Um, they don't really change the system too often. You know, you look, they go 4-3-3. Four, four, three, three. They've got great experience in there, the likes of Stephen Davis and, and Goldson now, what you call a big, you know, experienced centre-half, you know, makes good decisions, can head it in both boxes. And um, centre-forward-wise, they managed to keep hold of Morelos, who's, who's a pest, not got the goals that maybe you'd wanted from him to get this year, what he did in previous years. But he was but, outstanding, wasn't he, in the European yes, game was, the other yeah, night? he was. I, I was going to ask you, John, what, what's your take on Morelos? I believe yeah. Morelos and the Rangers team, Rangers are a better team. Mm-hmm. I know he's got his disciplinary problems, but I think in Thursday night and even the, the two previous games to that, yeah. I know he's not scored as many goals as the two previous seasons, but his link-up play, he's all-round play for me is getting better and better and I thought on Thursday night that's the best I've seen him 
Yeah. Well, I tell you what, let's hold that thought. We'll come back to that because okay. I because I want to talk to uh, Callum. I want to get uh, Callum involved in the in the conversation, and we'll come back to uh, John Hartson on Alfredo Morelos, which is going to be interesting. Callum, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing not bad, Rob. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. What What would you like to say? It's good to have you on the show. Uh, the, the main point I've got now, both guys, obviously John and Barry, have, have won so many trophies in their career, but I, I hate to remind them they've also been on the losing side as well, and. For Livingston, they, they're going through that at the moment. So from the guys' experience, how do they think David Martindale will be trying to lift this Livingston squad? Because he's clearly had a big impact on them. But a cup final defeat for any team, whether you're Livingston, Celtic or Rangers, is, is, is hard to take. So how do they think he'll lift the team and, and try and get them going again for the rest of the season? And maybe we could start, Barry, with what, what was your most painful cup final defeat? I've had a few. I've been on the end of like, all firm defeats are... are horrible but what what I done was I went home and curtain shut no speak to anybody for 24 48 hours um, and just want to get desperately get back onto the training ground um, and and get that next game that's uh, basically what they, I think David Martin Martindale will be doing he'll have the boys in today I've, I've no doubt about that a cool down he'll have a chat with him he'll try and be bubbly try and get the atmosphere back up because that's what he, he comes across he's enthusiastic um, and that comes into his, into his team as well so that's what he'll be doing today in terms of me I took it hard um, but the, the only way you can you can um, sort it is make sure you win the next game and work even harder um, so I, I think in terms of Livingston look, of course first cup final um, since I think it was 2003 mm. they won it they'll be disappointed um, but now they, they've just got to refocus and make sure they cement their place in the top six because uh, that would be a, a fantastic season for Livingston. This was Davy Martindale after the match. Gutted for the club, gutted for the players, gutted for people around the club and the fans, but can't dwell on it and we've got to look forward to Wednesday night now. So as much as it hurts just now, we've got to use that as fuel going forward. He was definitely gut- gutted, that's for sure. Gutted yeah. for everybody, Davy Martindale. Uh, John, the same question to you as well before you talk about Livingston and how they come back from it. What was, what was your most painful cup final defeat? There's, there's been many. There's probably been more disappointments in my career. You know, I lost in two European finals for Arsenal. You know, first one Super Cup final against AC Milan. Second one I'd scored in the Cup Winners Cup final in Paris, and I'm taking a penalty because I've scored my penalty in the semi final against Sampdoria in Genoa. So I'm taking a penalty. It's gone to the hundred. 15th minute and Naeem scored that goal oh yeah and it's yeah. going to penalties but I'm still on the pitch because I'm taking the penalty so we're sitting in the dressing room David Seaman's let it go over his head so that was a big that was a big disappointment before I'd moved up I, I remember Barry's free kick in the Scottish Cup final you know Peter Lovenkrantz just peeling off Chris Sutton's shoulder last kick of the game and just getting a header in um you know, big disappointments, if you like, big penalty misses in big games and things like this. Um, so although I'm proud of my, my the good things that I did, I, mm. I, I also... Those, those I, ones I still nag away at you as well. Oh, the disappointments override, I think, even even the achievements. Because when you achieve something, you want to go and do it again, you're happy. But when, when, you, um, when, you, when you sort of lose a major final in the last minute, you know, it's absolutely devastating. And I missed a penalty as well in one of the games, the League Cup final. Um, you know, I'd, I'd scored a goal five minutes before, which was two or three yards on side. That should have been given. The linesman put his flag up, but then I missed the penalty. It was offside, am I? <laughs> <laughs> but then Rangers go on and win that game, and I'm thinking, oh no, I blame myself. 
you know, to follow that Hamden half of it is Celtic half Rangers, and I actually know what I'm running when I hit it, and it's going to go two two. Stefan Kloss went to his left, and I put it about an inch past the right damn post. Mm. If I'd rolled it down the middle, it would have gone in. So I'm beating myself up about it, but yeah. uh, no, as I get, you know, you you enjoy the winning moments because I I always say to players now, they don't come around too often. You know, take it all in, embrace it enjoy it when you're walking around and Barry would have done it several times on, on the last day of the season and the fans are, are chucking the scarves at you and you're celebrating the title win enjoy these moments because you, you, your career goes really quick we are you know we are remembering days we're talking 15, 16 years yeah. ago you know we, know. Can, we can reminisce for the rest of our lives we still want to be out there now yeah. I want to still be out there I remember these days they were fantastic times in my career you know, so the young the young players and even the senior ones remember all the success and enjoy it because it goes like that. I heard, I heard uh, sorry, Barry. I heard David Martindale uh, speaking before the cup final. It was it was a really interesting point that, that he was talking about intuition, the intuition that he developed in prison. Mm-hmm. About, I, I about that did, did you see that yeah. interview where, where he was talking about you know you have to have that in prison. You know you have to be able to read people, and he's brought that into football, and and he he reads his own players individually as you'll do with your players yeah, as well and he'll be doing that after the game um, Rob you'll see their disappointment he'll, he'll have them in today he'll be looking at them and the ones that are, are down um, some will be down more than others uh, so he needs his job is to pick them up and he'll try and do that that was a great interview mm. um, I watched it myself but in terms of I thought you were meaning domestically I was lucky enough um, I was successful in the cup finals I played in but the, the biggest one was the EFA Cup final in 2008 where we'd done everything to get there and I'll be honest with you just in the night we weren't good enough I never turned up and the boys that played in the, the team will tell you the same we just weren't at the levels we were in the semi-final and the quarter-final so you need to pick yourself up quickly um, you can't feel sorry for yourself um, and it's up to the guys in the dressing room to get amongst each other and most importantly the manager and I'm sure David Martindale's like that because he's a bubbly character. Sure what he's been through in his life Aye. Um, and what he spoke about in that interview. I know, it's fascinating. He'll use that today to make sure they're up um, for the game on Wednesday because I'm sure it's going to be a tough one. They'll be right up for it, believe me when I say that. Callum, just a quickie before you go, we're heading for the news at six. Uh, do you think Livingston will... This isn't the bursting of their bubble for the season, is it? Well, do you think they'll come back from yesterday? I think they will come back, as, as, as the guys have said. David Martindale's sort of character, everything he's been through, that he won't let one disappointment sort of define his team. He didn't let let that happen for himself, so I'm sure he'll, he'll get them to come again. I think they've been refreshing this season, Rob, in the yeah. sense that they don't have the biggest budget in the league, but they've, they've again shown that they can compete with every side and, and cause the big teams uh, a bit of trouble as well. So I do hope, for, for their sake, that the fans can can enjoy the rest of the season and although they'll be disappointed they can have that hope that they could go and do something like this again next season because St Johnston winning it shows you that you just you just never know what's possible in Scottish football Celtic have been dominant for I'll say four or five years now but yeah. that, that's come to an end now and it should hopefully for the other teams give them some motivation to try and win cups or get to cup finals in the years to come Colin good to have you on the show uh, thanks for your question and look after yourself 
Thank you very much. All the best. That was uh, Callum talking about Livingston bouncing back. They'll have to quickly, as we've been saying, because they have Rangers at Ammonvale on Wednesday. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Football show. Let's go. Yeah, a couple of uh, Scottish football legends in the studio tonight. Alongside me, Rob McLean, John Hartson and Barry Ferguson are here. You can be too. We've had uh, Cami and Callum on the lines already. If you've got something you'd like to say to these two, as long as it's broadcastable, uh, to be honest, or anything you want to ask them as well. It's taken me an hour, John Hartson, to find out. But can I wish you a happy St. David's Day? Of course you can, Rob. I was surprised you never looked at <laughs> wished me that when I came in an hour ago. I know, I know. Better late than never, mate. Thank I, you very much. Not at all. Um, and what I want you to do is tell me the name of that railway station in Wales with the yeah. incredibly long name. What was that one again? Llanfair, Pulgerich, Windrobo, Llantasilio, Gogogoch. I would correct you if I knew any better, but uh, yeah. I'm taking it that that was it absolutely a, it is spot on. It's a train on. station in uh, in North Wales, and it's the longest Welsh word in, in in the Welsh dictionary. And if anyone else listening is Welsh or has Welsh connections, happy St David's Day to you too. It's something else to celebrate, isn't it? Barry, that could be an extra glass of red tonight potentially. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll be having when they're going. <laughs> we'll uh, yeah, we'll drink to that um, later on. Good to have you with us on the show. We've got another hour of football chat uh, to come. We're going to be talking to Paul Lambert in about 15 minutes' time. He's just parted company with the Ipswich Town, the League One team. So what is next for Paul Lambert? The rumour machine certainly is... Is, uh, is very active um, but I think we have our doubts about whether he would fancy Barry coming back into the glare of publicity in uh, Glasgow he's been away from it for quite some time Yeah he's been away for it for a number of years and he has says that he, he might not fancy it but when an ex-club comes calling if they do pick up the phone and say do you want to come and chat I'm sure Lambo um, would consider um, coming and have a having a chat with, with, with Celtic because I think he was there for four or five years and let's be honest with you he was a, a fantastic player mm. and I was lucky enough to play with him in an international scene um, and I seen how good he was close up um, so if, if Celtic do show a note of interest in him I'm sure he would um, he would take them up in that offer any thoughts, John, about the job? About the not not for you, but uh, necessarily. But for who who you who you fancy? Who you think might be the next Celtic manager? Do you think they've got another Brendan Rodgers appointment to shock everyone yeah. with? See, before you go there, John, go on, I was going to ask you. I think they've got to make the appointment now. Mm-hmm. I I don't think mm. they can wait until the league um, finishes and keep John Kennedy for the next seven games. I, I think they need to get a manager in now. Maybe. Sit in the background, watch him in the stand, or even a direct football in now, director of football in yep. now, yeah. so he can work uh-huh. with the hierarchy. They're the board members, and whoever's going to be making the decision. Um, the new chief executive doesn't come in 
until July the 1st, I believe. Mm. But, but, he, but he can be involved, can't he, at this stage, even though yeah, he's not in the job. Dominic Mackay can be involved on the phone and potentially potentially the new manager could be involved at the moment. Yeah. If, he's, if he's not in a job, he, he could be involved at the moment in discussions. That's what I was wanting to ask John. I know they're, they're, this is, I think, the route they're going to go down as a director of football. I think they need to get him in and then get the manager in as soon as possible. I don't think you can leave it a month mm. or two because I think the manager needs to come in, evaluate the squad, who's going to be there because there's a few loan signings. There's guys coming into the end of the, the, sorry, the final year of their contract. They want to move on. And you know what it's like in football. Recruitment's the number one mm. at a football club. Yeah. So you need to be Spot talking on. to players and making sure that you're getting them signed up for next season. So... I'm I'm surprised. I don't know what John's thought. Well, the thing that is, is, Barry, I, I'm with you. But the only reason I can think they're not doing that is because Celtic don't know. Mm. Yeah, they've not been proactive, and they they, they don't know. Um, they don't know what what the next step is. They're just running with John for now. You know, keeping everything as normal as possible, just taking care of the team. Well, you, you would assume that's the case at the moment, because if not, if something is happening, if there are moves being made behind the scenes, then communicate. Tell the fans. But I don't know if you were on last week when Natasha was on uh, from a, state, a Celtic State of Mind podcast. I'm not sure if that was the night you were on the show, John. But but you know, that sh- the plea from her, yeah. and, and I'm sure that's echoed by lots of Celtic fans, is let us know what's happening because. Loads of Celtic fans are confused and really worried that nothing's happening. I know. Well, that, I think that is the issue. I don't think much is happening. They've just run in with John Kennedy. Um, they're leaving it. They're leaving it until you know a couple of months down the line, and then they will make. They will try and make an appointment from there. But you asked me who I think. Um, I think the success that Stevie Clark had at Kilmarnock. Um, now, I know Stevie's been quite vocal in terms of some of the vitriol that is, you know, surrounds Scottish football, you know, with the sectarianism. Yeah. So I don't want to get into it too much. He doesn't like all that. He's been very, you know, um, vociferous in coming mm. forward in, in, in his words with that. Maybe that would put him off. I don't know. Um, but... He's doing another good job, qualified for the Euros with Scotland. Does he play the right style of football? Uh, Does his team play like, the right I, style? I'd like Steve. I, I really do. He's apparently Celtic fan as well. Um, but my, my personal choice would be Eddie Howe, mm. if I could. I think he's managed in the Premier League. Um, you know, fantastic uh, tactician. Uh, managed Bournemouth, went to, went to Burnley, didn't quite happen for him there. But he would be my choice. Somebody who's managed in the Premier League, somebody who's managed at the highest level, if you like. Um, he would be my personal choice. But listen, um, we're going to speak to somebody who's who's been a manager, obviously, and uh, you know Paul might tell us might tell us who he thinks. Um, yeah, well, we'll we'll, cer- know, we'll certainly yeah. ask him. Let's let's talk to Sean, uh, who's I think just finished work. Sean, how are you doing? Not bad for you guys. How, how was work today? Oh, it was all right. Some Monday blues. <laughs> Happy to be finished. What would you like to to, to talk to uh, Barry and John about? Uh, was this my question? Was obviously obviously good to play for both Celtic Rangers. But what would you say is that you know, the negative is playing for you know, a big two big clubs like Celtic and Rangers? What would you think is the negative side to it? The negative side to being an old firm player, Barry. I could only go with in my experience is. When you're walking with your kids, when my kids were growing up and you would maybe get a bit of a, a abuse, which I didn't like. But I kind of knew growing up, obviously, in the west of Scotland, that that, that would come. Um, I didn't mind if it was directly 
directed, sorry, at myself, but when you had your children there or, or whatever, that, that's the thing that, that upset me the, the most in terms of um, the negatives. And had you been playing now, that would have been ten times worse because of social media. Yeah, and that's the reason why I'm not on social media, <laughs> Rob. Because um, I know the way I, I would react. And, and listen, I, don't get me wrong here, I reacted stupidly at times. Um, when, when I should have just been a bigger man and, and walked away but when when things like that happen you know what it's like in the heat of the moment you get a bit of red mist um, but that's the thing that I, I didn't enjoy that, that, that side especially when um, the kids were, were with me well, What was the downside John for you of, of playing for Celtic? Well we shouldn't really be talking about a downside because it was it was such a privilege for me to have been joining such a, a huge club Um you know, but again, like Barry, you know, there's you, you always there is always numpties everywhere you go. You know, in the world, isn't there? And uh, it's it's very similar. You get the odd sort of um, you know the odd little bit of not so much abuse. People say it's banter, but you know that that's not nice. You know, nobody deserves that. But it's it's part of the course. It's really part of the course. I think when you come to Celtic or Rangers, it's important for people to know that you are going to get abused at some stage. You are going to get called names. This is what it is. The Rangers fans are blinkered, are blinkered towards Celtic, and it's Rangers, Rangers, Celtic fans are exactly the yeah. same. Celtic, Celtic, Celtic. Both fans are. You know, there's a lot of ill feeling towards the, the you know the opposition, the opposition teams, and I, I, some of my best friends, believe it, I'm a good friend with Barry. I'm a good friend with other, other guys. You know, Ali McCoy is one of my best mates. And he, he played for Rangers, and, and it's not always like that. It would it, it would be great if everybody got on and everybody, but it doesn't happen like that. So it was it was that sort of stuff as well that I didn't like. It was. The, don't get me wrong; it was a small minority. Yeah. Um, the, the vast majority of Celtic fans I had great banter with them. Mm-hmm. Listen, a laugh and a joke, and I, I didn't mind that at all. Listen, they supported their team. I'm fine with, it, but. It, it went to a certain level. Well, sometimes it goes over the edge, doesn't it? That, and, and, and it's gone over the edge recently for Neil Lennon. Mm. Uh, you know, that, that, when it gets to those sort of levels, that's got to be unacceptable in anyone's language. You know, when it becomes, it goes beyond abuse to, to, beca- to, to threats. Yeah, but yeah, it's passion. It's taken away. It's all right being passionate. And there's so much passion and heart and that comes from, from the crowd, from the games. But then there's a minority then that will just come out with the the most sort of... But John um, used a good word, the numpties, mm, these guys. Yeah. As I said, the vast majority of Celtic fans were fine, they have yeah. a laugh and I a remember joke. one night, but as I remember being in a little wine bar with my wife and I got distracted, it was Jim White. This is when I was playing. This was... 15, no luck. <laughs> 15, 16 years <laughs> Did ago. Did you have to buy the round? And, uh, and I'm talking to Jim, because I, I knew him off Sky, right? I didn't, mm. him, I didn't know we supported at that particular time. Honest to God, I really <laughs> didn't. I was new to... You were the one who didn't know. Yeah, well, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, Jim left. As you see, mate, all the best. Yeah, tell her, Jim, nice to speak to you. And then there's about four Celtic fans who almost gathered around me before I left. What are you talking to him for? What what, what you got to say to him? What what did he want? You know? And I'm like, I'm oh, sorry, mate, I'm just talking to Jim. You know, just know of Sky Sports. But it was like it was just a reaction from me talking. You know, it's like mm. if I, if me and Barry were having a conversation 20 years ago when when we were out having a beer, I mean, people would go up the. What are you talking to him for? And were you happy enough to settle Jim White's bar bill? Yeah, after it after it gone. Settle yours if That's the thing that people didn't get. As I'd mentioned at the start of the show, 
when the muscle went, it was a war. You wanted to win for your team. But if mm-hmm. you bumped into um, one of your rivals in a bar or a restaurant, all the time you would have a glass of wine or, or of a, you would. a beer. Mm. No, no issues what, whatsoever. Um, you respected them on and off the pitch. But as I said, during that 90 minutes, that was your rival and you wanted to get one over them. But after it, every time I met a, a Celtic player, bumped into them, had a beer, no issues with me. Did you see the red mist? Do you remember... Uh, seeing the red mist in, in the course of an old firm game, John? Um, L- losing it, losing the plot? Oh, I think so. I was always very aggressive anyway. I was naturally aggressive. I, I loved the physical side of the game. I loved throwing my weight around. I loved backing into defenders, letting them know I was there, coming across them, you know, one, two, three, getting my knee in their hip and smashing and winning the header. Just saying to the crowd, look how strong, look how big I am. He's got no chance. This guy can't compete with me today. So I, I enjoyed that side of it. You know, I grew up, you know, cleaning Mick Harford's boots, who was a monster at Luton. You know, these type of players. And that, that's the type of player that I wasn't dirty. I wouldn't say I went in to break people's legs and I went over the top, you know, to hurt people. But I just enjoyed that naturally backing in like a Mark Hughes, you know, you're stamping your feet down and you're there, you know, just can't knock me off the ball, blah, blah, blah. You could help out Celtic at defending set pieces with that sort of attitude. I I enjoyed that side of it, and I I, I used to get sort of, we all used to get wound up before the the, uh, Celtic Rangers game, do you know what I mean? Because we knew what, what they meant to the support. And that's the game for the crowd. It's not really a game for the players. It's a game you're playing for the supporters. You're playing for the the ones who are going into work the next day. The banter, you know, all these type of all this type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, the red mist come over a few times, hundred percent. Sean, that was a, a fairly long answer from uh, John yeah. and Barry to, to your question. Was, the, the, was that the answer you were expecting? Well, yeah, no, no that, was, that was that's what I was sort of expecting. But I'm, I'm a big Celtic fan, but also. I was expecting you know, Barry when he put me down, I thought he was a brilliant captain as well. So just a, just a question I always wanted to ask. So. Yeah. What, what, what were you thinking about what John was saying there, Sean? About about you know it, it, what what do you think is happening behind the scenes at Celtic at the moment? Are they are they making moves? Do you think to to getting this sorted? Well, that, to be honest, I would have John as I would have John as a manager at Celtic. Right. Well, I think he's av- I think he's available once he comes back from his uh, knee replacement. You know them petitions, Sean. Get one of them out there if you want. <laughs> I, no. I just think it was that you know, obviously what happened in Neil and stuff, but I do. I think it was. A, I get the time for that change. Eh? Yeah, I don't think so. With all due respect, I don't think Salah going to will give the job to myself. It would be wishful thinking. Um, I've got very little experience. You know, listen, I would love to go in and. You know, have played some sort of role, even if it's a centre forward coach. I played centre forward all my life. Neil never brought me in. Brendan never brought me in. You know, they had opportunities to do it. I sat next to Neil Lennon for five years as a player, mm. scored over 110 goals. He knew what I could do. Um, I went to Livingston. You know, we had we had got promotion. Ryan Hardy and Lee Miller. You know, they took us up the league. I was working with them boys every day. Um, so I listen. It's like everything else. You know. Um, I would walk on broken glass to, to go and get any sort of role. Everybody knows that. I don't have to, you know, plug myself on air. I've not come on here to do that. I'm only mentioning it because you yeah. then, Sean, brought it up. But, but I think Barry, Barry's point earlier on is whoever it is, do it quickly. It's, you know, yeah. be, be it director of football, yeah. be it the head coach it's position, a, get it sorted now because next season hinges on it. Yeah, I'm astounded that, listen, I, I think, as I said, they're going to go down the director of football route. They need to get that sorted and then they need to get the manager in because I, I, I can't see why they can leave it until June or July 
to an appoint a manager and then trying to get a squad together you need to start now or I think the recruitment for next season actually starts in January where you start having to look for players so that's why I'm um, I'm surprised that they've not made a decision but I go along with John I don't think the, the they people not, above they might not have a plan themselves yep. yet well, that, that's, the, that's the most getting, worrying they thing they of all they might still be getting around the table thinking what's our next step yeah, absolutely. what's our next move maybe they just don't know yet Sean thanks for your call Thank you. Yeah, it's good to hear from you. And the former Celtic midfielder Paul Lambert is up next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. It's the power of John Hartson. One minute he was speaking about Mark Hughes and uh, the way he used his physique and his body to knock people out of the way, a bit like John did himself as a player. And within seconds, uh, Mark Hughes appears on the TV screen <laughs> in the studio. I did not queued him up, no. Um, but we're just, uh, the minute he came up, uh, you're saying, John, what about him? Why, yeah. why is he not in the frame for the Celtic well, job? Barry worked uh, with Sparky as well. Mm-hmm. Black of course, Bruce, yeah. yeah of course. good he was. Yep, excellent manager. Two very good coaches as well um, underneath him. And, and really enjoyed uh, the six month under him. He was just. Um, I fell out of him towards the end because obviously I wanted to come back to Rangers. He wasn't too happy about it. But I've got to be honest with you, I really enjoyed working under him. And I was just saying to Big John there, what a player he was mm. in his day. So that's not the craziest. Let, let's start a rumour. Um, that's not the craziest suggestion. Well, he's out of a job. It? He's yeah. out of a job as well. John? Well, you've got Eddie Nizvecki, Mark Bowen. What Sparky took Wales to a playoff, lost to Russia over a two legged affair. Managed at Blackburn, did very well. Three ninth place finishes for Stoke in the Premier League. You know, so he's, he's proven as well, uh, Mark. Mm. And as Barry said, he comes, he's professional, his standards are really, really high. And uh, Celtic could do a, a, a lot worse than Mark Hughes. Let's see what Paul Lambert thinks about that. We've just started a rumour, Paul. Uh, how are you doing? I'm all right, Rob. How are you? Good. Nice to have you on the show. Um, um, yeah, Mark, Mark Hughes. I mean, he's a, he's a name that hasn't featured in the in the frame yet for the for the Celtic job. What does he does he have the qualifications? Do you think? Listen, I think what any manager goes into Celtic, they have to win. I've said that before, you have to win. It doesn't matter who you are or, or where you've came from, you have to win games. And it doesn't matter who comes to Parkhead to play them, whether it's Barcelona, Real Madrid. The Celtic fans expect you to win, so. So whoever comes here, I think, has to grasp that really, really quickly. I don't think you'll get too much grace, really, to uh, to bed yourself in. So I think any manager, Rob, that's just my opinion, I think any manager has to has to hit the ground running. Now, let's just uh, tidy up your own situation. Uh, sorry to hear that you've you've left your role, Paul, yeah. uh, as Ipswich Town manager, um, over what's been described as significant differences of opinion with the owner yeah. Marcus Marcus Evans, I know that you're uh, you're restricted in what you can say, but how would you mm. how would you describe how it's ended for you at Ipswich? Just what the statement said, Rob. It's just Marcus had gone well way, but we had so uh, yeah different opinions about what I thought and what he thought. But there was no any animosity of it. We've left in a good position. We left the team just a couple of points outside the playoffs. The guys have got a couple of games in hand and. Hopefully they can go and win tomorrow night, but we've left them uh, a good position. Well, I said if we got the, the bigger players back, then we'd make a, a inroads into it. So, but listen, my, my, my situation is irrelevant. The, the main thing was it was a football club, and, and me and Marcus had that, that uh, difference of opinion, and, and everything was, was fine. 
It's unusual though that uh, when a manager goes having, I think you've won your last two, you beat Doncaster Rovers at, at the mm-hmm. weekend. Um, I, I guess not many people were expecting something like this to happen today. No, probably not. But I, listen, I knew, <clears throat> I probably knew in Thursday what was going on. So, but it was, honestly, it was no, no problem. And I say I got in the well room and, and uh, no one issue there. We just probably wanted different things at different times. The other thing I want to ask you before we go any further is how are you? Because I know you had coronavirus, you were you were struggling with that around Christmas time. How are you, how are you now? I'm all right, Rob. Thanks. I'm, uh, I'm getting better. I've had um, some heart checks at the hospital um, to make sure that there was no blockage of the arteries and things like that, which COVID can obviously mm. do to you. So um, I had to go for that to make sure that was okay. But no, listen, I've never experienced anything like that before. That was... That was a horrific thing, that, and it certainly wasn't a hoax, that's for sure, because every, every part of your body was sore and things that just weren't right, it wasn't functioning right. And uh, no, I, wasn't, I, was, I was fortunate that, that I came through it the right way, you know. It's scary stuff, isn't it? And, I, and I, I guess, you know, you would hammer home the message at the moment that although the, the vaccine rollout is, is well underway, uh, it's a time to still be ultra cautious, isn't it? Because you're, you're living proof that, that you don't want to get this. No, hundred percent. You don't want to. You don't want to neglect it. It's certainly not. It's certainly not a hoax. As I said, it's, it's a dangerous, a dangerous thing. And um, I just saw Steve Cottrell getting readmitted again back into the, the hospital, and he's had it really bad. So it's definitely not a hoax. And I think what you're saying, you've got to protect yourself, but you've also got to protect other people with it. And it's certainly something that should never be taken lightly. That. Your old Scotland uh, midfield colleague Barry Ferguson is here, Barry. How you doing, Lambo? Hi, Barry. How are you? Hi, good. Uh, are you good. going to take a bit of time out, or are you are you looking to get straight back in to management? Do you know, Barry? I don't know. Uh, at the minute, I'll just you know, football is, is an incredible game. At times, it throws up so many different things, possibilities. Whether it's what you guys are doing in the media, or whether you're, you're going to do different different things. At the minute, I feel good. There's no problem on 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 that side. I guess if something came up, you thought it was right, and you thought did we have a chance at it, then you then you look at it. But um, at the minute, I'm 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 at ease. There's no no problem. So you're not coming back up to the nut house then? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, listen, I did. Listen, like you, you, you know what it's like. I did great years there and success there, and no success. I know what it's like, and I, I wouldn't want to uh, ruin that that. Yep, I have we Celtic supporters probably where you do it at Rangers that side of it so I don't that was my life for a long time ago and, and I've moved on to there I guess so, so there's nothing would persuade you Paul to, to come back uh, to the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl no Rob as I said I had I had eight years up there, there and, and the hard times and some incredible incredible good moments there and some some, some good uh, good times but I think that side of it for me is no no, no. For me, the other, whoever gets that, as I said, has got to know that the football club needs to win and it has to have success. And if you don't have success there, if any second you're last, that's the way. That's, I think that's the easy way to sum it up. Do you worry for Celtic at the moment that there's no strong message coming out um, about what is going on? I mean, we we have the fans on on this show uh, night after night, uh, concerned that that there is no great communication at the moment uh, and nothing that tells them that everything's going to turn around in time for next season. Well, I, I think there's lots of things. I know, obviously, Peter's Peter's leaving. Who done? He's done a great job over that over the years. They've just lost their manager. 
a guy that I played with for, for a long time. He was, he was great. He said one one barren year and, and, and gets incredible criticism. And when you look at the structure of the club, whether it goes down another road of a sporting director or the new CEO coming in and, and whether he starts really quickly. And we'd like to think of They'd like to think they've got a plan that they're actually starting to work on. I mean, whether they're communicating, I don't know. They think that we don't need to dial up to themselves how they do it. But you'd like to think behind the scenes that they, they know who they're going to go for. They know who's going to be the sporting director and they know how to, how to try and get the title back. So I think that's... Surely I think they've, they're not naive enough not to think that way. John Harson. Hi, Paul. Hi, John. How are you? I am. I'm not too bad, thanks. You know, you said at the start there, you said you know that you've got to win, and listen, I played there myself, and I know the demands of winning, what it's like at Celtic. But in terms of now a managerial change, you know, maybe a, a managerial team change, um, would would Celtic maybe now you know look at what 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 Steven Gerrard has been able to do? He's had three years in the job. He's been building slowly. Do you think Celtic would be in the position to do something like that with potentially the new manager or whoever he comes in could bring a team and have that little bit? I'm not saying an awful lot of time, but maybe two or three years, or do you think he has to win straight away and clinch the title back almost straight away? Uh, John, you, you know what it's like. Barry knows what it's like. You, you have to win there. Mm. I don't think you can get away from it. I, don't, I mean, I was there when... When Celtic stopped the the, the, the nine or the ten or the way back in the nineties, mm. I mean the, the pressure that time was. I mean that was incredible. Up against a right top top Rangers side, Goff, Gorham, Gaza, Andy Gorham, McCoy, all, all great players. And, mm. and everywhere you went in the street that day, oh you have to win the title, you have to win the title, you have to win the title. Everywhere it was it was it was incredible pressure there. So I, I don't think I don't think with this my opinion that a Celtic manager can go in there and say okay can you give me one or two years the club's not built on that it's not, that's not what the foundation is they, they, they have to win and, and by the way I think they have to win I don't think they, they can you can have a grace to say well I have two barren years and no one anything you, mm. you have to win and, and I, I don't think that's the right way to be it's Celtic football club it's not a, a small team where you can say we lose one we draw two we we won one. We, you have to win every single week. So I, I don't buy into mm. where you, you get time to know you win. I know what you're saying. I know I know what you're saying about that. You have to win straight away. But you go mm. back to when Martin O'Neill came and, and, and Martin was, you know, he brought in three or four players of of experience, quality, um, mm-hmm. and he was able to spend because he had a budget and that helped him enormously. Not only helped him, but also helped the rest of the team because the team knew that the, the signings that were coming in added to what the quality that was already there. But do you think Celtic are in the position to do similar to what happened there with Martin? Because you know yourself, Lambo, at the end of this season, there's going to be players want to leave, players running out of contracts, there's going to be loan players there that will need to go back to their respective clubs. It's going to be a bit of a big turnaround in, in players. So the new manager come in, you know, he's going to want some sort of budget to bring in decent players to get the success you're talking about. Well, if you, if you want to compete, I think you have to do it. I mean, the gaffer came in, as you well know. That it, it, I played in the season prior to that, and we were 21 points behind Rangers. Rangers were the better team that year. Mm. It wasn't a good a good season for us at that at that time. And and I remember the gaffer's first team talk was, was similar to that. We'll try and bring in better players to help the better ones at the club, and we'll try and 
Yeah. You know Martin you better than I do. I mean, there's no way he was going to come in there and say, I'll give me two years to, to um, find my feet here. <laughs> As I said before, he brought all you guys in to help the better ones there and it, and it just clicked for mm. a number of years. It just, it just went. But it, I just don't think Celtic should actually accept to say we're going to take two years to get a title back or a trophy back. It's, I don't think that's the foundation the club should be built on. I think if you take that away, I think the current player will come in and say, oh, we've got two years here. And you know the Celtic fans, you get two minutes mm. there. Before if you're you can, lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. And, and you're only one bad pass if you're being a, yeah. a bad player. I played the players there that capitulated in front of you and couldn't handle it. So, you, you, but for me, I, I don't apologise for that or anything. I think that's the way the club should be and it's the way it should be built. Paul, do you, do you expect uh, an appointment along the lines of a Martin O'Neill or a, or a Brendan Rodgers? And do you think that what Rangers have at the moment in Steven Gerrard, uh, a name that's known around the football world, does that put pressure on Celtic to make it the sort of appointment that's going to attract the type of players John was talking about? Well, well I, think, I think the big thing is... is is if they look like Stephen's going to get a title and deservedly so how they've played and, and, and how they've been really consistent the job for Celtic is to try and try and get that back and, and the new manager how it may be need to get players in that can number one handle the crowd when they come back number two handle the expectancy of everyone in the weight of the jersey to to, um, to bring it back now, the only thing is is Celtic too far behind Rangers I don't think so I don't think there's a massive massive gap there but there is a gap being consistent some of the guys who don't want to be there who don't want to be there then they have to go you have to move them out and that's I mean I watched the game against I think it was Ross County the other, mm-hmm. the other week I mean yeah. they never turned up they never laid a glove on them I mean that's that's no Celtic that's no the way as I said the way it's the way it should be and some of them looked as if they didn't want to be there that was the big thing for me it looks as if the hairs are elsewhere and if that's the case you, you have to move them out and one problem for Celtic is that Rangers ain't standing still, are they? I mean, they've signed a couple from Bournemouth. They've got Scott Wright in from Aberdeen. There'll be more business done, you would imagine, in the summer. Rangers want to be moving on and up. And, th- and that means that if Celtic, depending on how far you reckon Celtic are behind at the moment, uh, they could slip even further behind if they don't match the business that Rangers are doing. Well, I think Celtic have got the financial money there, Rob. I think just um, the European runs and that, I think, I mean, they've had the unbelievable nine years of success there. I mean, nine years is, is a long time when you're playing catch-up to your oldest, oldest rivals. But they, I don't, as I said, I don't think they're too far away. But I think if, I don't think they can have another year like that. And I don't think the Celtic fans will put, put up with that. I really don't. And I don't think I don't think the players will be giving grace this time round. I think it will be, we have to get it back. But as I said before, you should be. Because you're, you're representing that. A, a global institution football club. It's not as if it's just a European club. It's it's worldwide, and, and the pressure should be there. It should be there because if you're if you're at the top and you're competing with Rangers, 100 percent your pressure should be on your shoulders to to win games. And presumably, when you watch those Celtic players at Ross County uh, mm. the other Sunday, uh, that sort of level of performance or non-performance would explain why why Celtic are are, are languishing so far behind Rangers. I think there's been an acceptance from some of them looking at it, just looking at them. I mean, John was in the dressing room, we just went to pop with that. Barry's had it's his dressing room, I'm pretty sure they went to pop with that. It's, it's an acceptance of, well, I don't really want to shout to my teammate in case he goes, he, he clams in any cell for he doesn't want to hear the criticism or whatever. Like that. But sometimes I think you need it. I played with, I played with guys that won World Cups that were 
that were unbelievable. I was asking them if things weren't going right, and they won things at the highest, the highest level. So I don't think the regardless of what you are or who you are, if you're not doing the job, you've got control to to more or less get your finger out. And looking at the Ross County game, I think they let Lenny down. It's dead easy to hide behind Lenny and say the players are, are not done it and, and all that. They've got to look at themselves in the mirror and say, well, we never performed. That's, it's dead easy to hide behind a manager when things are not going right. And, and they've got to take responsibility upon, upon themselves. Talking about you in a dressing room and Barry Ferguson in a dressing room takes my thoughts back to Toftier in the Faroes oh, when the Jesus. when the two of you <laughs> and the two of you and the two of you did the halftime team talk when Bertie's team was struggling two down at the Faroes. Tell mm. me, Paul Paul Barry spoke about this recently. From your point of view, how did that all go at halftime when 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 you two, and of course you two got the goals in the second half that that maybe spared some of our blushes. Well, my, my shot was, I think my shot was hitting somewhere, I don't know, in Azerbaijan or something. <laughs> it was, and it was and it went in. So, listen, it, uh, that was unacceptable. I mean, we're 2-0 down, and, and Barry obviously played in that. We're 2-0 down against the Pharaohs. And I just felt at that time, some of the guys weren't on it. They weren't on it because their minds were elsewhere. I think it was going to be the Pharaohs. It was going to be easy. And I'd already been there. We, we had a really good Scotland team. We, we Craig Brown and that when we... Yeah. we um, we played up there. And we, I think we just we just got a sneak a sneak sneak that one at, at that time, and I could sense it in the morning of the game. Some of the guys weren't on it just because of the way their mindset was, and we're two 0 down. And I could just I could just imagine back to Glasgow and all you guys absolutely having us. <laughs> Uh, having us an absolute ribbon you I, know, unfortunately I was cabin. unfortunately Paul I was there commentating on it at the time so I was uh, I was I was uh, I was probably as upset as you guys were but what, so what what was it like in that dressing room at half time just well, no, it, off. Uh, just it, off. Uh, it did kick off but guys like Lambo took responsibility mm. and and we had yeah. to I mean that that first half performance I'll be honest with you they deserved to be 2-0 yeah. up or maybe even 3 or 4 we were that bad yeah and we just went in and we had a proper old school like having a go at each other and we had to go right. and get a reaction and, and thankfully we did Lambo scored and, and, and I scored the, the equaliser but do you know what that's the thing that played my mind that would have been done as one of the worst results yep. in the Scottish team's history Yeah, Lambo I was shouting Bertie out and I'm not even Scottish <laughs> <laughs> I, I, got, I, I remember that uh, they got God rest him Tommy Burns he pulled me in the shower that day and he said listen he said you need to calm down and I said, I said calm down Tommy I said my face is going to be on a turn up when I go back here in Glasgow said, there's no way I want that this can't happen we, we need to get it back we need to the bad is right we should have been Fairway Island should have been out of sight the yeah. first half the way we performed it wasn't except so and, and, the, and it was the butchers but, and the bakers and the candlestick makers wasn't it the, the Pharaohs oh. team there that nah, was terrible, Rob. It was, it was terrible. But thankfully, we got. Yeah. Well, listen. I want to say a decent point. It's embarrassing even getting a point at Fairway Islands, but we were lucky enough to get that. Paul, Paul just just before you go, um, I, I know I know Barry was speaking to you about this already. But are, are you gonna? Do, do you feel like taking a little break at the moment, all things considered? Or you know, if an offer comes your way, would you would you be happy to jump straight back in? Oh no, I, I don't think you, you you never want to rest. You, you jump back in the Back in the saddle and you go again. I think that's that's football management for you. It's just uh, it's it's how much you want to go into that again and, and have the hassle of it. But I guess it's in your blood, really. You want to kind of jump in and and go again if something's really uh, attractive. You go, okay, I'm I'm happy with with everything right there. In the meantime, I'll just walk the dog and uh, <laughs> and. Uh, 
and see how things go in the next, yeah. next few months. Yeah. Well, uh, certainly from all of us, uh, continued recovery to you. Uh, keep well. That's the most important thing of all. Um, yeah. And we'll hopefully see you sometime soon. See you, Lambert. Okay. Thanks, thanks you guys. Cheers, Lambert. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Good, good, to have, uh, good to have Paul on the show, Paul Lambert, the former Celtic midfielder, with some uh, interesting thoughts there looking back on the Pharaohs, uh, which is uh, still like a, an X-rated movie. Uh, you were just shaking your head through that entire conversation, Barry. That uh, yeah, brought it just, all back. You just brought it all back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were at the game. I know. I mean, Faroe Islands, and, and we had a decent team out that day, and they should have been three or four up at half-time. Yeah. Ah, it was and I just it think looking at Bertie when I, I remember giving it to the restroom he was just shocked and that's where Tommy Burns mm-hmm. um, the late great Tommy Burns and Lambo and other guys we just listened made a proper ding dong and yeah. I like that that showed me that people cared yeah, I tell you what though Rob Barry alluded to it a couple of times earlier he was a proper player you know oh yeah Paul Lambert he was a proper player for a centre forward he'd roll it in the, the right side his appreciation of pass and he was a leader as well. He, you know, he captained Celtic. For he won the Champions League with Borussia Dortmund, didn't he? You, you know, that, that's all yeah. you need. He, he took a chance. Magnificent. Yeah. He went in trial, um, freed of a contract. I think he went to PSV. He was at Motherwell, wasn't he, at the yeah, time? He was at we Motherwell, were. he went to PSV. I don't think they were going to offer him a contract. He was and with Alec McLeish, wasn't he, at Motherwell? He was, he was. Yeah. got the contract at Borussia Dortmund really, and won really the Champions League. Player. We could talk football all night, you know that. In fact, we generally do, to be honest, and another 15 minutes to come after the break. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Glasgow's own Go Radio. Another football show flies by as it tends uh, to do. One minute, you're just after five o'clock. The next, you're heading for seven o'clock. Two hours of football chat, uh, Monday to Friday. And we do it at the weekends now as well, of course. Two till six on Saturday. Good to hear from uh, Paul Lambert, uh, the former Celtic midfielder. Uh, and as of today, the former Ipswich Town manager. He's parted company with the English League One team. Um, and I saw you were pretty shocked, Barry, at how ill he's been, uh, Paul Lambert, with the with coronavirus. Yeah, I, I knew he had coronavirus, obviously, we watching it um, on the news, uh, Sky Sports News. Um, but didn't realise it was it was tough what he was talking about I think he was about, nearly yeah. in hospital he, you know yeah it's um, yeah it was it was strange to hear that and I've known a couple of people that have, have got it and they've not been as, as bad as Paul was but also I know on the other hand that there has been a few people who have struggled and been in hospital with it so it is a it's, um, it's a, a bad virus so just hopefully now with the vaccine in hand people getting vaccinated hopefully um, Rob Sooner rather than later, we're going to come out this um, on a side and we'll get back to some sort of normality. Let's have a quick word um, about lower leagues football. Uh, this could set you off, unfortunately, but uh, uh, I think the, the news is no news in terms of the, the statement that's been issued today uh, as regards lower league and, and women's football. Um, I'm just looking at a headline here, which is saying the Scottish FA is awaiting a final decision from ministers over lifting the suspension. Leagues 1 and 2 Scottish Cup SWPL 1 and 2 were suspended in January uh, a phased return of Scottish schools of course has started and stay at home restrictions are due to be lifted in April uh, we're just looking at that statement Barry and I have both read it about three times to try to find what the point of it was apart from uh, it's the same uh, as it's been uh, there's a quote there from Rod Petrie the SFA president saying plans have been discussed with government officials leagues and clubs have been proactive and collaborative in giving their input into safe and sustainable plans for a return to competition um, but Barry what's happening? 
I've read, I actually read it four times, Rob, and I'm, <laughs> I'm still not getting anything from the, the statement. Um, again, it's left the lower league clubs and the players, most importantly, in limbo. Um, we want some sort of clarification when or if we are going to start back. Give us a a, a kind of date to, to try and look forward um, to. I've got my players... Um, on at me all the time asking um, and I can't give them any information I've, I've been asking my general manager at the club and he's the same so the, the information we're getting from the SFA is just not good enough for these clubs and it's playing with people's heads isn't it yep and playing with their, their, the mental Emotions. side of it as well um, mentally there's, there's quite a lot of these lower league club players struggling because um, it's a, re- a release for them Rob getting out training on a Tuesday and a Thursday getting a game of fo- uh, football on a, a Saturday so again I've read the statement as I said four or five times and it's just leaving us in total limbo at this moment in time From Lambo to, to Limbo unfortunately in terms of the, the, the lower leagues do you yeah. think the authorities understand uh, how much this means how many people it affects John? Um, well, they're not acting like they do because I think there should be more clarity. Uh, you, you and Barry have both said that you've read, you've read the the press sort of release there, mm. and it doesn't really say a lot. It doesn't, no, it doesn't. give a date when they're going to start back. You know, you've got no idea what to go away. Barry's saying there, you know, his players, there's three or four of them sort of um, in a bad way because they, they know, they, they, some of them are furloughed and um, some are still getting paid. But it's not so much about that either. It's just getting out there and doing what you love doing, you know, getting the fresh air, getting in some training and everything else. And, you know, and, and you wonder why, why, why so many people are struggling with mental health during this time. And do you think the season's done? I mean, do you think the season is close to being done for the the lower leagues, Barry? Yep, because uh, that'll be seven weeks, eight weeks um, that the the players have been inactive. Um, look, we, we've gave them a training plan, Rob, um, and John will tell you it's a Tuesday, Thursday, and a Saturday. That you can do all the running you want and have a, a general fitness, but you need to go on that training field and get working with the ball. And if they're going to say to us in a week or two we can get back, I need at least three or four weeks with my players to get them up to full fitness to go into, um, into playing games again. So for me, it's looking very tough for lower league teams to get back. I know they're, they're looking at cutting the games or whatever, and that's no fair on um, all, the, all the teams. So I think it's going to be difficult, Rob. I'm just disappointed again, just before we come on air, he says we've got an update and I've read it and read it and read it and it just means nothing. It's given us nothing. I would like some sort of clarification. Is there a chance? Yeah, you, you want you want a bit of hope, don't yeah, you? If there's not a chance, just tell us. And then I can then go to my players and let them know. Um, so as I said, just we're left in total limbo. We don't know what's going on. And I feel for a lot of these clubs as well because um, they're struggling. What about the Scottish Cup? Does the Scottish Cup have a chance? I can't see how they're going to fit it in, Rob. I really don't. Because there's a number of these clubs in League 1 and League 2 and there's still games from the previous round to be played. So I don't see how they can fit it in with the amount of games that are left uh, from now until the end of the season. 
We're into the last few minutes of the show and uh, we're just wrapping things up at this stage. We've heard from uh, Paul Lambert, of course. We've had a lot of chat uh, with Barry and John about the, the Celtic managerial vacancy. Uh, and, it, and it probably links in quite nicely from that, from talking about the lower leagues, because there are there's certainly more questions than answers um, about women's football and lower league football in Scotland. Uh, and in terms of what's happening at Celtic, John, th- there are more questions than answers. Yeah, definitely. For all we know, Rob, we had this conversation last week and then last Tuesday when I was on and then mm. we get home, we leave the show and we find out Neil's resigned. So we, we don't really know um, what goes on inside a football club. For all we know, they could be having meetings and meetings. They could be actually talking to you know uh, potential managers. We just don't know. But what we, what we would like is a bit more uh, information off the club. I think the fans want more news on what's happening, what the club are doing, what sort of line of manager are we looking for, you know, because um, there's different types of managers. There's managers that are, that are defensive, there's managers that play openly, you know, good, attractive football, mm. and that's the type that Celtic probably, in my opinion, would probably be looking for. That's why I say Eddie Howe, because some of the, the, the teams and the footballers that, that I watched Eddie play when he was at Bournemouth. So, listen, it's only my opinion. I'm only throwing a name out there. You know, yeah. Paul Lambert wouldn't even give us a name, bless him. <laughs> and certainly but not his own. At least I'll give, I'll give him a name. But uh, no, as I said, I, I hope Celtic are proactive in uh, in looking towards what the next step is after these next eight games. And me and Barry would like to see it happening sooner rather than later. It's just, you, you would like to think that, that they are being active in, in looking at a number mm-hmm. of uh, guys who they think can go and take the, the job at Celtic. I'd be absolutely shocked. But again, but you're dealing with worried fans. You're, you're dealing with fans who, who don't know what's going on and they're, they and they're, and they're fearful that, that Celtic are doing nothing. Yep, and they want to know because it's their club. And bearing in mind, Rob, in the next uh, few weeks, season books will be coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I think it's important that they, they get, if they want to go down a sporting director, director of football, whatever you want to call it, get him in and then get a, a manager. Um, and because again, as I say, you number one at any club, and I think John will agree with me here, is recruitment. Mm. I don't think you can wait to the summer and then go and try and recruit. Guys are already speaking to clubs, deals are already getting done just now. Guys that are coming out of contract in the summer. Guys who are going into the final year of their contract that managers might be interested and then Celtic have not got a manager in place to go and do that job. Have you guys got on okay tonight? Are you willing to do it again on Wednesday uh, night? Well, we've Is that always, possible? Yeah, I'd love to come back Wednesday. Okay, but, um, let's do it then. I mean, Barry, we've always, we've always, as I, I said, without sounding too patriotic, even when we played against each other, you know, you leave it all out there for 90 minutes, but off the pitch... You know, we always used to get on okay. It's all been done in the best possible taste tonight. You'll be delighted to know. Jackie McNamara is here with us uh, tomorrow night. Stephen Cragen as well. And we're live at five. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go!